Welcome to MiceCast. This is Greg and Richard. It's July 3rd, 2007, and we're celebrating... 4th of July, Independence Day. And Disney's contribution in the theme parks to everything America and flag-waving, Semper Fidelis, uh, all that fun stuff. All the good, well, I don't know why you used the Marine term, but... Uh, Especially you know, when you were Air Force. That's right. Well, but, but we can always be faithful no matter where we are. That's right. Faithful to the red, white, and blue. So we're going to kind of talk about how Walt Disney and, and the theme parks and then Disney as a corporation later on has continued Walt's patriotism and flag-waving with many of the uh, wonderful shows and attractions that are still in the park that have gone, things that we'll try to remember that we may have forgotten. And even some of the things that uh, never were that people uh, thought should have been. Well, that was obscure. Okay, and forgive an us if we kind of smack on a few Del Taco french fries as we're doing this, but this is actually our what's, second go-around. We, we, uh, what's more American than french fries? Oh, excuse me. Liberty fries. <laughs> Liberty fries, that's right. We, uh, we beat up GarageBand and it failed, so we're redoing the show. <sighs> but more about that later. I don't know. They're kind of French to me, don't you think? Yeah, they are kind of... They're well, uh, they're Sheila like. Well, they're they're kind of French. They're they're stiff on the outside, soft and squishy on the inside, and they're all yellow. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm gonna get some emails. I know. I do you hey, even I check like your France. emails? No, because Mike has yet to give uh, me any of the stuff to be able to get onto it. So yeah. yeah, blame him. Okay, so Disneyland. There's a quintessential attraction that is Americana. You don't have to get very far into the park to see this attraction. Currently, it's behind the thick velvet curtain. That's called uh, The First 50 Magical Years. <laughs> well, that's not the Americana show. The Americana show is behind The First 50 Years. I mean, that's the th thick velvet curtain that's currently hiding the show. That, that is correct. And that would be the great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Thank you for filling in so quickly. Of course. Um, Smack on that fry. <laughs> probably... The oldest attraction that really was a flag-waving attraction? I mean, in the sense of it's right in your face, not some, maybe some of the subtle things like a Mark Twain and the Rivers of America, but just really, here's a great American. Here's what he did for us. The and red, white, a, and blue everywhere. The defining point of American history. It's great to be an American type show. Well, it was for the North. Well, even for the South. South still, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just gone. Okay, first tangent. <laughs> I, 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 st I still find it very ironic that, you know, you have the whole idea of the Civil War in the South, the Confederacy rebelled against the Union, yet you find today you might still have people that have the uh, stars and bars, but they're some of the most staunch patriotic Americans you have in the country. Yeah. Yeah, that is true at some times. So... A very well done attraction, attraction that was done for the 1964 World's Fair. For the state of Illinois. Um, the fine state of Illinois. Yes. And still Land holds... Of Lincoln. God, I hope so. <laughs> it still holds its water, as you might say, today, I think, as well as it did in the beginning. We'll forget that they're showing the 50th thing still now in the 52nd year, but back to the Lincoln attraction... And, Though, and, and we'll say that because the Lincoln attraction 
that was the 50th anniversary show was only supposed to be temporary, well, and it's still officially only there temporary. The Lincoln Show is still in existence; it's still sitting behind the scenes there. Well, the 50th anniversary. There, there was something I was going to ask you. People have asked me because they know I've worked in the park before, but since you actually worked there and still open doors you're not supposed to and go in places you want to and do all those good security things i've already told people he's still slumped over in his chair behind the it, velvet curtain it, it still looks like ford's theater back there yeah. so you as a current disneyland cast member will confirm that lincoln is still there it's still there and i know we had our talks because you talked about how tacky it looks but they, you mentioned about they still have the headphone holders <laughs> yeah. still sitting there to pick up headphones that aren't currently in use. That was part of the new Lincoln show. The headphones still exist. They're in a store. They're locked away in a storeroom in back of the attraction. But yes, Mr. Lincoln's still there. Uh, the entire show is still intact. Uh, it's just a matter of just <clears throat> raising the curtain. Yeah, I'm from not the as crazy show. about some of the edits and stuff they've done to the speech. And some of the, the changes, I, I kind of do like the original, and I do, you know, I do like some of the changes. I think his figure has become a little more realistic looking. Some of the makeup, some of the, uh, excuse me, some of that. But I, I like the original speech a little better. They they well, cut out some of the uh, divine providence, the the more spiritual parts of the the speech. Well, the. Original speech was actually excerpts of four of Lincoln's speeches, well, not complete speeches. Well, but yes, and that were combined together. That you know, for years I didn't know that. I thought it was oh, just okay. a speech, and it's actually excerpts from four different speeches that I thought just blended real well together. Because I, I agree, I, I kind of prefer the original speech. Currently, or I should say, as soon as we get back, the current show with Lincoln has the Gettysburg it, it's, address. It's, is it the full Gettysburg? It's the full yeah. Gettysburg address. Yeah, it is kind of the outside uh, Gettysburg thing. Um, and even this show, I could see Lincoln revised a little bit. Maybe not all 50. Obviously, we don't have room for 50. But couldn't they take some highlights? Maybe Washington is the first, Lincoln is the middle, and maybe like a Roosevelt or a Kennedy for a, a 20th century. I mean, I'd go straight to Reagan, but I know there's a lot of... People that might disagree with it. But, you know... But then there's more and more people that would disagree with the uh, FDR and JFK. But that's another story. Um, but go, So let's I, move on. This is a quintessential flag raising. It, it's definitely a flag raising. It's, it's one that... flag waving. waving. It's, it's one that makes you very uh, proud to be an American when you... Well, proud that we managed to get through the not-so-proud moments of what led up to you the know, Civil War. And, and that's one thing. The current show that has there i kind of joked about it that i miss it being great moments with mr lincoln it's actually great moments with mr brady oh and by the way we're going to see mr lincoln during the show too because the whole thing starts off in uh the brady studio that's true as well, as a soldier getting his picture it's kind of like the first batman in the tim burton series they could have called it the joker the featuring joker batman. featuring batman <laughs> yeah but but I, and I kind of feel that, and I kind of miss it. The uh, show that they had prior, they, there's been several incarnations yes, has, of it. Yes, And the show prior to that, where they actually took an excerpt from another attraction that we'll get into in a little bit later, but they took the Civil War excerpt out of it, about the two brothers and everything. I kind of like that part of it because it talks about what the whole Civil War was about, that 
we had a country against itself, and yep. it was a very defining moment of what, who and what we were going to become. I think it was it must have been defining for Walt also, because many of the attractions have... Um, that's pr prominent, and I've heard a lot of criticisms of that. Uh, like, can't we get over it and move on? Well, it, it, it obviously made an impact on Walt... Lincoln was a you know a, a character in history that he admired, and it just you know it, it's a fact that it is history, and we just you know it's, yeah we need to learn from it, not obsess over it. I think and is, as going on to uh, the history part of it, as a history buff, I've heard it once quoted by uh, one of my uh, professors back in college, and I, I agree with it that uh, the whole Civil War and that whole point, the Revolutionary War. Was the beginning of the was the beginnings of what became the Constitution of the United States. The Civil War was the completion of that movement. It really defined what the country was going to be about. Up to that point, even though we had we we well, had established the, federal power, really established right. federal power. And uh, who is it that uh, uh, covers for Rush Limbaugh once in, <laughs> once in a while? Oh, um, there's, there's so many. I, yeah, he made the comment about. It established that the federal power was going to overrule the states, which the Constitution actually says the other, but... Well, that that was not so much about slavery as much about states' rights. It was a you, states' rights. You can't rights. tell me what I can do in my state. Yeah. And, and a lot of the world, and this is my opinion, and some history teachers have, have kind of... I picked this up from them. It wasn't totally my idea, was that up until the Civil War, we were looked at, or the United States was looked at, more like... You know, 13, 14, I'm not sure how many states are actually worth the Civil War time. But There's a collection of independent countries, more a, a European Union almost, if you will, not actually a, a one big united country. They kind of looked at, they dealt with South Carolina as South Carolina. Kind of like the Russian Federation is now. You, you got yeah. different uh, parts that are looked at more as separate countries than one. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right. Engl That's England might deal with Georgia and have nothing to do with... Uh, you know, Rhode Island, Rhode Island, and, and that kind of a thing, and that's exactly. But, you know, it. we're not here to do a history lesson, but but anyways, going back, yeah, it's a very defining point of American, and regardless of criticism, I I agree with Walt. I, Lincoln's a big hero with mine for that very reason, and that's a great one. I just I think he's got a cool beard. But, I, like, I like the long jacket he wears and stuff. But yeah, but look, <laughs> you just like that. Anyways. Um, Let's go outside of Mr. Lincoln, back onto where Mr. Lincoln's located, Main Street. Main Street, Main USA. Street, Main Street, USA, which, as I'm sure everybody pretty much remembers, is based on his hometown of Marceline, uh, Missouri. But that in itself is a very quintessential Americana street scene. It's very Americana. I don't know if it's flag-waving per se. Yeah, but um, you got so many flags that are up and down you, on you the street, do. too. And can you tell the fine folks at home why those flags can be flown unlit and 24 hours a day? Do you know and, why? And, and do not come down to half-staff when ordered at half-staff? Yes. They're considered props. And why They're, is that, Richard? Well, you tell me, because I'm going as far as I can remember. Honestly. Oh, okay. They're not current... 50 star flags very cool okay yeah. so that's that's why when where and how that includes the well is, is tell me is the one back up in frontierland the pole had been hit by a vehicle or something was not yeah it's, it's back up okay and it's not lit 
all the time. It sometimes has yeah, a light. At working. one time, it had a light that went on because somebody argued about it. Yeah, and it's not. But it's not a current flag that's being. It's not 50 stars. It's not a 50 star current flag being flown. Um, so in that case, it would not be an official would, American flag. Yeah, it wouldn't need the flag. So yeah, you can call that some Americana. Now, Tomorrowland, believe it or not, had a couple different. Excuse me, a couple different very flag waving. Attractions America, well, Circorama. I never saw it, but America the Beautiful, the first Circle, Circle Vision. Vision, and its later sister uh, show it was American Journeys. American Journeys, very which I was in, all American, but ended up on the editing room floor. Editing room floor, that's yeah. right. Back from the old space stage. Yeah, I was part of the rock and roll scene in that show, and they just cut us. Wow. I was and I was upset because I was right there in front of the camera. Oh, that's wow. probably why. Probably. But, um, and then of course we had America Sings for a while. And these were all very patriotic, uh, flag waving type of shows. And America Sings was there for the bicentennial. And then. And I should mention who I was with in that shot, too. Do, friend you, of, do you have to? I do, because it was a friend of mine, Brian Makepeace, who is a cousin of Chris Makepeace. He did a lot of those teen films a number of years ago. Anyways. How'd you like to have a name like that? Makepeace. Makepeace. Are you a negotiator? No, but what was it? Or say? a peace pipe smoker? <laughs> Clownfish, are you funny? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, two cannibals are eating a clown. Does this taste funny? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, Circle Vision and American, even more so American Journeys. Well, I think American Journeys, especially in the scenes where the immigrants are really showing that they're happy to be here as right at the beginning of the an movie. American, not as a working force. Or just wanting here to send money home because they're here working, but they wanted to be Americans, and it was kind of the the quintessential uh, immigrant that you you think of coming through Ellis Island and where they filmed. In fact, they filmed that whole thing and that whole segment was filmed in New York. It showed yes. Ellis Island and Liberty Island and yep, yep. A, a bunch of the different areas were uh, were very high yeah. immigrant. That was one of my favorite parts. I actually liked that Circle Vision movie, though I liked the original very much. America the Beautiful. I really think American Journeys, I might put above America the, uh, the Beautiful. I would agree. Um, though America, you know, America the Beautiful became very dated, obviously, because uh, some of the things they show... Well, America the Beautiful was more of a travel log and somewhat of an experimental yeah, yeah, picture. Because that. even though we already had Circorama, it was still kind of experimental in having nine cameras that were synced together to be able to continue all the way around. Yeah. And there's a great story that went along because in Circorama, the camera was always fixed. In Circle Vision, Circorama was 16 millimeter, Circle Vision was 35 millimeter, and when they did it, they actually put it on mobile platforms. They had it on a station wagon. 35, 36, whatever it took. What? Yeah. 35 millimeter film, yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Mom. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very little. 357, 358, whatever. <laughs> Hey, that makes a big 220, difference. 220, 221, whatever. <laughs> Between a 357 and a 38, that's a big difference. Trust me. Uh, highways of California. Um, but they actually put the camera on moving platforms where it was uh, on a car. and they Car, also, planes. Cars, planes. Trains, automobiles. Automobiles. And when they did one scene that was going up the upper Colorado River uh, near it, the Whitewater Rockies. One? No, in uh, American, oh, America, America the Beautiful, mm -hmm. and the plane suddenly makes that turn going up the canyon. Yes, and you all lean with it. And 
what happened was up to this point you just had an open room and they were showing it off in one of the sound well, you have stages. a long way to get to the story about well you Walt keep deciding that it needs to be a lean rail well they, they show that scene and everybody fell down to the ground and Walt sitting on the ground or lying down on the ground looked up at the ceiling and said lean rails we need lean rails no, that was a long shaggy dog story, but you kept interrupting me well, with all heard, these other I'd quotes. heard that story slightly differently as when they were on the, the back of the fire engine and they turned a corner. But yeah. the point being the same is they realized because of the motion that they needed lean rails. Mm -hmm. Not sitting rails, but lean rails. But going to the original point I was going, when they did American Journeys, it was no longer so much of as an experiment. They actually had a script that they were going to follow that had a particular story. America the Beautiful was more travelogue. No, American I'm, Journeys had a particular story they were going to tell. I would buy that, though. I would bet there was a script for the first one. This one, they oh, did a little more storytelling versus just, we're going to show I mean. you places in America. That's what I mean. Yes, yeah, the yeah. first one was a travelogue. Yeah, I got you. And the second one was actually, we're going to tell you a story that goes with this. Gotcha, gotcha. And of course, American Sings, it just kind of says it all for itself. I mean, it was American music. Didn't Going on fit. to the second attraction yeah. in Tomorrowland. Didn't fit in Tomorrowland necessarily, but it, you know, Carousel Progress had moved on to the Magic Kingdom. We had an empty building. In and it's 1974, and what's coming up? The Bicentennial. It was, it was just perfect show to go along with that. And I, I always enjoyed the show. I thought it was great. And what it talked about there, again, people coming from different lands that are combining the music here making it American music. Yeah, very true. Uh, again, showing the whole melting pot. People want to be here for what America is. Yeah, not that I'm... I know uh, with your heritage, you're very much into the Celtics, and you have a lot of your the what? different... Correct me, please. The Celtics. Celtics. Not the Celtics. That's a basketball team that mispronounces their name. Okay, thank you. The Celtics. The Celts. The Celts. Your Scottish heritage. If it ain't Scottish, it's crap. That's right. And it, when, but we had a lot of immigrants that came over here, and it wasn't a question of we're going to play our style of music and keep it here because this is from our. No, they took their style of music and included it and combined it with other styles to make it an American sound. Well, you'll notice that a lot now in modern day um, country western. You know, we play both kinds of music, country, country and western. Country and western, yeah. There is a lot of kind of Celtic undertones of some of the instruments that were used, and it's very much mm -hmm. the South was influenced with a lot of that. Um, so, I, yeah, but it was it was a good show. It was a good Americana. Well, we also in that same year had, uh, or the year later, 1975, had American Parade with the big kind of freaky head, um, oversized. Yeah, it was kind of funky, but it's still kind of fun. Yeah, th those were interesting. Interesting music. I actually have the the record. Uh, that that was a pretty cool soundtrack. Uh, so let's go. If we over, go over to, and there was two a couple. There was the uh, American Gazette Parade that we had a couple yeah, different times. Yeah, that, that, that was all right. Again, it was a celebration of American music and different styles. That, but it was very Americana. But speaking of parades, can't forget uh, 1972, the presidential oh, the election. Yeah, yeah, Winnie the Pooh in '72 where we actually had Winnie the Pooh running for president. <laughs> and the only problem that happened on that one was... He got votes? He got votes. Uh, you know, when you have uh, McGovern and Nixon were your two main choices, uh, a lot of people, quite a few people, actually wrote in Winnie Chose the Pooh. Chose Pooh. Chose Pooh. Better to have Pooh than crap. What can you say? <laughs> I, I, I won't. 
the whole west side short of Adventureland is kind of flag-waving Americana. I mean, it's more recognizing what Americana was, celebrating pioneer spirit, not as flag-waving as, I'd say, Not America's, in your face, but I America's think it was things. still flag-waving. Yeah, I mean, the, the Columbia definitely first first ship to circumnavigate the globe under the Stars and Stripes. The, the steamers, uh, Mark Twain, I mean, uh, Tom Sawyer's Island. It's all Americana stuff, but not... Well, when it was Tom Sawyer's Island. Right, right. Not the, so much the, uh, again, the flag-waving... Um, it's not quite the same, but I, but I, I will give it to you that it is... It's still, like you said, the, the pioneer spirit, the American ex, uh, experience, let's say that, of uh, overcoming the odds, cre creating a nation out of a land... And uh, even back with the uh, original Disneyland, and when Disneyland opened up in 1955, uh, even a lot of credit given to the Native Americans back then with the uh, Indian War Indi Canoes. Indian War Canoes <laughs> in the village. Well, maybe not so PC, but I mean, it was still, <laughs> you still had the Indian crafts and the Indian dancing that was going on, the shows going on. Until they wanted more money from the white man, and <laughs> the white man Walt said no. No, so we not build quite a casino. that way, but there was a uh, contractual oh. thing at one point, I believe, if I read right. Um, go to the Magic Kingdom. We'll take a flyover, flyover country, and other than, of course, the same things we'd mentioned, you know, Main Street being very Americana, uh, the button or Booten buttons, whatever they call the little, you know. Bunting, I think it's called. The uh, bunting? Yes, yes, the bunting along the windows. The red, white, and blue bunting. Yeah, you know, other than that, you've, of course, got Liberty Square. Which, which you can't get mo any more American than that. No, I wish it was a larger area, but very well detailed. You've got the Liberty Tree, which... Oh, yeah, of course, you know, the problem with trying to build... You got Frontierland and Adventureland on one side, and you got Fantasyland on the other side with the river. There's just no room well, to be able to expand it. It's anywhere. all in planning. They, they shouldn't... What I'm saying is I would like to see seen them plan it larger in the first place. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, they could have left Frontierland out in Florida and had it be a larger Liberty Square. No Frontierland? Uh, no New Orleans Square? Yeah, but New Orleans Square is cool. Okay. But, you know... New Orleans Square can be expanded. There's a Frontierland fine, and Disneyland could be expanded. You know, you might say there's a fine line between Frontierland and Liberty Square since at one time they were kind of on the on the frontier even in colonial times. Yeah, but it's I, a long I, but, stretch. Yeah, but it's I really think, Western frontier. But it, yeah, it's the Western frontier of the well, Wild West. I like it. I like it when you're reading journals and books of the Civil War time. They talk about being on the Western frontier, and it's like Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <My kid>. well, <laughs> but at the Western, time... <coughs> you know. Western Frontier, Daniel Boone, you're in Tennessee. Yeah, you're in Kentucky. Uh, you have an Atlantic seaboard and you're on the Western <laughs> Frontier. Yeah. Um, but, but Liberty Square, just go back to... We get, you get, I was going to say, Frontierland's more of the West. Liberty Square yes, I know, is I know. strictly America but with the revolution. It's frontier, so it depends on how you define frontier. But... It, Tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Liberty Square was mostly designed not so much as a land per se that was going to be expanded, like Frontierland's been expanded since into Big Thunder, into Splash Mountain and everything, but you had 
the Hall of Presidents, which was an expansion on the idea of Mr. Lincoln, where you have all the presidents, and Liberty Square was more of just an area to be able to house that well, main attraction. Well, I, I think Liberty Square made up for Disneyland not putting in Edison Square and Liberty Street, I think it was, going to be at Disney. I can't remember what the... I was going to bring that up later, but and, an and, area that wasn't and, going to yeah, exist. Yeah. And they were going to do the Hall of Presidents there. Um, so... I don't know. I think it's just a tribute to the revolutionary times, and like I say they've they've created a Liberty Tree out of a tree they found in Florida. Uh, it's probably not, of course, being from the South, it's not the kind of tree that would have been maybe indigenous to uh, the North, where a lot of this stuff got started with well, the Liberty Philadelphia trees. Philadelphia and Virginia. Uh, but there are thirteen lanterns hanging on the tree. They're all different. Uh, the, there's a recreation of the Liberty Bell, and then the. The facades are very well detailed to the point of leather hinges because in that time the metal probably would have been melted down for all kinds of things, uh, ammunition, uh, horseshoes, whatever was needed. And so leather straps were used and the, the shutters hang kind of at odd angles at certain points. But um, I like Liberty Square. I think it's very well detailed. Could have been a little more intimate, a little closer maybe a couple little more streets for me but overall i i really think it kind of puts you back in in you know that kind of time yeah. period you were mentioning before that so few people understand and they just take for granted the, the liberty tree i think they walk and, by and they they don't they're not looking for that kind of detail there's a tree with some lanterns in it um i don't well for instance one of our big fans aussie john Australian. I don't think he's coming up walking through Liberty Square. He might not even know what the Liberty Tree is. You got a, you got a large international crowd coming into to Walt Disney World. I'm not really sure how much detail they're teaching the kids these days uh, of the Revolution and, and all that. I mean, we got a pretty good inundation of it when uh, we were kids. I've you know read 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 the books. You know John, the John Adams biography that was recently out. Uh, the same writer, Robert, I think it's Robert McCollin, did uh, 1776. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm very much into the time but, period. So, but what what the whole thing with the Liberty Tree, what the Liberty Tree was was all about, was in the days of the Revolution when you were having people meeting away from the town, having their meetings with the uh, revolutionary ideas. Ideas, they would come out in the dark with their lanterns, and then they would all be hanging their lanterns up yeah, on the they, tree to be able to meet under the Liberty Tree. Under the, what they would call the Liberty Tree, and while they were there, they hung the lanterns up on the branches yeah. to be able to light the right. area up while they're talking. And I believe it got started in the north, and then almost every town, you know, and, Liberty Liberty and, trees, quote unquote. You can't see my quotation mark, but they were popping up all yeah, over the and, place. Yeah, and and that's what was the meeting place was meet at the Liberty Tree, and that was where the whole idea came from. But let's other talk, than the taverns they hung out in, because it seems like I don't know how these guys ever stood up straight. They did so much drinking back then. There was a great show today on History Channel that talked about the history of beer and ale. Oh, and they uh, got yeah. into talking about all the founding fathers, every one of them, right to Thomas Jefferson. You go to Monticello, there is a, uh, a uh, place to be able to make the beer in the house. George Washington made his own beer. Every one yeah. of them oh, had their they, own beer. Yeah, history's been... It must be like the... It's some anniversary for something beer, but yeah, they were back talking about the Babylonians and the uh, Egyptians today about making beer. But there was a whole thing, a show dedicated just to the Founding Fathers and drinking and stuff on the History Channel a while ago. It was basically... There wasn't much as far as a good, clean water sources. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. And milk 
you, you had no way of storing it for long periods of time. Uh, and hard ale or hard cider was the drink that well, yeah, a that, lot of them that was all the consumed. Way, that was true all the way up through uh, the, into the 20th century. Wait, that's let's why wait, let's had, look at Carousel of Progress. That took place in... <laughs> yeah, that goes all the way up to the 20th century. Wait, that's why, they no that's longer why need the ice box. Yeah, your your uh, cowboys and everything always went into the bars and always had whiskey. It wasn't so much that everybody was drinking whiskey all the time. It was just that was the only thing you know wouldn't go bad on you. <laughs> it wasn't water that had every... You know, water was in the horse trough. You could always drink it, but the thing is, it was something that was wet, and you knew it wasn't going to be bad. <laughs> well, that so, and... Couldn't trust who and, did what in the rivers. <laughs> yeah. And you know what grog is? I'm not sure if I want to know. Grog was uh, grog was what they served on the ships back in the 1700s, 1800s. It was a mixture of water, and they would put citrus, like limes or lemons, in there to get a little bit of citric acid. Out. But they also mixed some rum into it so that the water wouldn't go bad. The rum was kind of like a what we would use a, a chlorine for to help purify the water. They used rum and they put it in. So it was a mixture of water and rum, and that's what they called grog. Hmm. Interesting history lesson. Hall of Presidents, great moving show. Some people consider it a little boring because of the length and the video, which or the movie, which has been revised at points. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of kind, but the people that I've always hear the complaints from are a lot of the younger kids that, like you said, aren't really as what do you want to say, as versed or as oriented towards his, the, uh, what America was all about, like what we were always taught. I and had that thought too. MT, MG, it's the MTV generation. I've had some older ones tell me that they're bored by it too. And I said, well, you must not be a history buff. Oh, I am, I am, but I'm just, you know, it's boring. The, the, the movie's long. It focuses too much on uh, the Civil War, blah, 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 blah. But again, the Civil War was a defining point yeah, in America. I look history. at it a little bit and sometimes going, boy, they just got to get PC everywhere, don't they, in that, yeah. in that movie? I think it's added a nice element that they let the sitting president make his own speech within a certain time limit. Uh, I'd like to personally see more presidents um, speaking. I'd, I'd like to hear, uh, I did not have sex with that woman. And, <laughs> and the rest of the presidents all laugh, going, come on, Bill, just a minute. Well, um, it, it could be kind of interesting because you do have, like, starting, well, even prior to FDR, but FDR has all those tapes and everything that you oh, could... You could you could have him say a few words there. Well, it hasn't stopped have, us with Lincoln. I mean, we yeah, could create. Well, Link, uh, yeah, we can create our own voice. And in fact, uh, originally Lincoln was the speaker there at the show, and that was well, he still is. Yeah, and that's a created voice too. Yeah, you know who created that voice? Well, there's two people, aren't there? In fact, well, the one that's the current voice of Lincoln just passed away just recently too. Uh, well, the original voice. Um, he's got a I weird can't name. What I, his name I, is, I did a did show on Imaginary right? My Way. No, that's Thrill Ravencroft. That's not the voice for for uh, Lincoln. That's the Lincoln in Disneyland. No, it's not. I thought it was. You are incorrect. I will double check. You go right ahead and do that, but you are incorrect. He had a weird name, but he Cro played. He played contrary to the uh, philosophy of this show. I will research. Well, I, we could probably research while we're right here because I know you're wrong because I did a show on it. Um, the guy that played Lincoln played Lincoln actually in some movies because he there is some li likeness to him. He's very kind of drawn looking. Yeah. Uh, he was in something Wicked This Way Comes. He was the guy that traveled through the town, kind of talking to the kid. Um, yeah. Okay. With the lightning rods or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's the original voice of uh, uh, Mr. Lincoln. And the new one is somebody who's been a soap opera star, of all things. Um, oh, wow, that's interesting. Mr. Lincoln in the phone book. 
<laughs> That's I'm what it says right I there. Know, I'm sure there are Abraham Lincolns. Uh, Okay, the narrator was Paul Freeze, but that's... Because they were for him. Oops, I did that again. Yeah, you might want to turn... The speakers have that OFF switch there next to them. Shut up. So, we're kind of getting off off subject here. But yes, there's plenty of historical um, uh, audio that we could get some, you know, good stuff. But, you know, see, I'm a big John Adams fan who was... You can't see my hands, but... That close to becoming the first president, through backroom deals, yeah, Washington. Well, not on Washington's part, but politics. People think politics is bad today. Almost, I have to say, I don't think compares to some of the uh, the crap that oh. went on back in those days. But what uh, was the nastiest election, according to most historians? Nastiest presidential election. Uh, tell me, John you? Adams and Thomas Jefferson. And Adams won, became the second president, and Jefferson became the third president. But uh, talk about smear campaigns, and there was less than, it was just like a couple hundred votes between the two of them, and they were both throwing uh, throwing it out that there's that there was cheating on both sides. Well, yeah, I mean, we, back then only, I think, people with property actually could vote. Men only could vote. And these two men were friends. <laughs> yes and no. I say, I've, I've read some of the books, and they... They respected one another. They were much better friends earlier on, but a lot of things. Politics, basically, and their philosophies of um, yeah how things should be actually steered them apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was watching, there was some local cable access show the other day. I was over at my grandmother's watching, and it was out of Los Alamitos, and they were talking to this guy from back east, and he was saying, he might have been from Pennsylvania, saying they were one of the like only two commonwealths in the country and i swear when I, I'm, I'm not a big knowledge on the commonwealth i know boss or I mean uh um massachusetts is a commonwealth massachusetts is a commonwealth and i i didn't know pennsylvania was until this guy was talking about it. i hope i got the right state i'm pretty sure it was pennsylvania lou one of our listeners and fellow podcasters is originally from pennsylvania you'll probably be able to tell you but i think virginia is a commonwealth also because oh, I was looking up on Google Earth, we we're looking about things to see around uh, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and I was—I thought it said the Commonwealth of Virginia. Oh, no, I, I could be wrong, and um, but regardless, hey, just on that little note, name the two states that were independent countries. Royal Dano was the Royal original Dano. voice. The okay. current, uh, though, that was Blaine. Um, the current one is Warren Burton. Okay, so. So there you go. You're wrong. Whatever. What were you going to say? What are the t- what are the states that were actually <sighs> well, independent countries I, I, prior I know, to statehood? I know where you're going to go. Yep. But after reading some more history, one of them I don't necessarily believe was theoretically its its own republic before it became a state. But you're talking about um, Texas. Yeah. Texas. Texas. And California. Yes. And they were both considered the Texas Republic, the California Republic. Republic of Texas, the Republic of California. And some say that that's also true because they both had a star on their flag. Well, that's why the stars on the flag is to be the lone star. Now, reading some history, there's there's some, especially in California, there's some debate on who declared independence first. The the, the Mexicans separating themselves from Mexico creating their California Republic versus, you know, it's like two guys almost simultaneously 
raising flags, one in Monterey, I think, and one somewhere yeah, there, else. There, there, there's and they're an both claiming on, they were, and, you know, Republic and, first. And, 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 the, and the, one of the main reasons, and this is where I get really mad about people that try to re, do revisionist history and saying that the United States stole California. No. California declared its independence from Mexico, and one of the and some of the biggest supporters of that independence were the Spanish dons. So even if you were going to go down that route, that yes, it was Mexican territory, the Mexicans who lived here were already trying to separate themselves from the Mexi Mexico. The, the Mexicans that lived here, the dons, the California dons that were given land grants by Spain prior to Mexico's independence. Don Diego? Yes, Don Diego. El Zorro. El Zorro. El Zorro. Um, but the, but the, the dons of California were some of the biggest okay, advocates. Okay, we're not, we're not here for a history lesson, but I understand. I know, but, but it's, it's just interesting. But yeah, those are the two states, that uh, the yes. two republics that actually uh, seceded on their own. But going on to other things. Uh, Hall of Presidents, the, the foyer. The foyer is very nice. Um, it's got the presidential seal. And something I read recently was, you know, every president going in, like whoever comes in next... Be it Hillary, uh, or I can't even think of a good Republican candidate that's even running right now. Yeah, that's that's um, the really sad thing right now. I want I know Tommy who's in the Tom. Lead. I want Tommy I want Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Yes, it's not Tommy. Isn't it? Is Tom? Isn't, isn't no? It's Tom not Tommy. It's um, doggone it! Now, 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 now you messed me I mean. up. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I mean? Thompson. Fred. Fred. Fred, Fred Thompson. Thompson. Fred yeah. Thompson. Jeez. Yeah, I think Fred would be great. Yes, but, I agree. Anyways, but, um, they get to choose the the seal that goes in the Oval Office and the colors. The color scheme. The color it's still scheme. the presidential the seal. Seal, but the color scheme and all that is chosen every time. Did you know that the presidential seal, which is at the foyer <laughs> yes. of the Hall of Presidents, yes, is there by Act of Congress? They had to actually initiate a law to allow that to be there. No, Richard, I did not. But that's pretty interesting. That, that was just something that just popped in my mind. Yeah. That yeah. I do, I do like the portraits in there and and some of the memorabilia you see. It's it's a nice, it's a nice waiting area uh, before going into the um, the show. So and you're talking about the... you, you know what flag waving is really gone that I liked hmm. was the drum and five core. Yeah, that was cool. And it went to a Canadian core for why there was a reason why they had a Canadian core for a while. Because the Canadian was it with the Iran, no, yeah, the Iranian hostages. I think the Canadians end up playing a very crucial role. Was am I getting my history right? Because for a while they they had a Canadian fife and drum corps because of something Canada had, Canada had done to help us out, and I think it was with the the Iran hostages. I can't remember back to that. I'd have to. But I missed that. That was kind of that. You we, you talk about the loss of street entertainment, yeah, and just outdoor entertainment in general, and those little those little touches. That was a touch in Liberty Square that really brought you into the time period. Yeah, it, made, it really made you feel that you were right there living the history not and yeah. watching it. Yeah. Well, you want to move but, on to Epcot? Because well, I, I was going to make one thing. You know, you're talking about at the Hall of Presidents, uh, the starting with Bill Clinton, the current president has a little speech that they give there. And George, George W. w no, has W. 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 The, the correct pronunciation of that letter of the alphabet is W. Or as father and son say, George II. Or 43 and... Four, four, 40, 43 and 45. Yeah. 45. 
Uh, had one of the things is starting. I think it was also started with uh, Bill Clinton, or it might have been started with uh, Forty Three. That in the foyer there are several items that are uh, personal items of the present yeah. that are on display. I've there. only been there while um, W or W as people like to call them is has been in there, and I, for some reason I'm, uh, cowboy boots or something are in the back of my mind. I but, do you remember know, the cowboy boots. Funny, and... funny little story. We'll go tangent. I went and saw George. C I'll only call him George Senior. I know he's not senior and junior here, but we'll use that for the easier term. I saw him in Vegas speaking to a group of. Uh, it's for the, I think, BIA, Builders International, so whatever it's called. It's it's our Building Industry Association. Uh, filled up the whole arena at um, the Orleans. They had they were highlighting a few immigrants who had made good in America. Kohler was one, and the inventor of the Maglite was the other. So they handed out, everybody that came in this arena, a Maglite, the mini mag, and it had... The date on it, red, white, and blue, kind of a flag, had some other things. They turned the lights off when they introduced George W. or George Herbert. H.W. H.W. And they mentioned his thousand points of lights. Now, whether or not you agree with that, and I had some issues with that whole concept, but everybody turned on those little mini mags. You had no problem seeing what was a dark room suddenly became very lit. So I like those lights. They're yeah. amazing lights. And the mini mag, the, the thing about this particular immigrant, and they really highlighted was it's all made in america this is his payback he can go offshore and make it cheaper he won't yeah, now I, kohler on the other hand they didn't trump how they trump or told his story of what a an immigrant story that made it good what they did fail to mention is a lot of his crap or a lot of his stuff kohler's good material um is made offshore when they left yeah. that out but george but, george was telling a story First of all, let me just say I, I always like the mag lights. I, I've seen Sure, I've seen Blackhawk, but I still prefer mag lights. And for those executives over at Maglite Industries, uh, I'll get in contact <laughs> on where you can send my check to yeah. me. But I do like those yeah. lights. Yeah, Double D makes a good uh, weapon. Uh, George was telling some stories. He did some funny little things. You know, Barbara wasn't there, and. Uh, Somebody, this guy that was introducing George, his cell phone goes off, and you knew it's kind of played up. But he answers, and they put her up on the screen, and she's telling him, "Don't let George go too long. Tell him to stick to the schedule." Just kind of making fun of him. It's it mm -hmm. kind of funny. But George is telling a story. He says, "George W is over at the ranch," and George puts his cowboy boots up on the table, or the coffee table, and Barbara's getting a little upset, and she tells him to get his feet off the table, and George H W says, "Hey." You're talking to the president of the United States. And she goes, that doesn't mean he needs to lose his manners or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's always, it was um, pretty funny that the, 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 this was a side of Bush you didn't see through the elections and stuff. A real kind of just a human uh, funny side of him. But we're getting way too far And, and, and you know, the, the, that was one thing. Say what you will about George Sr.'s administration. The one thing I really miss that we really didn't have, we haven't had since and haven't had... The first lady, Barbara Bush. I don't know of one person that did not like Barbara Bush, and that Barbara Bush was everybody's grandmother. And like you said, there's yeah. the stories of her telling, telling uh, George Jr. to get his boots off the table, and then we've heard the we've heard the stories, and we've seen the jokes even during George Sr.'s administration of Barbara always telling him to straighten up and 
Yeah, yeah, she she was uh, a good first lady. Yeah, I haven't heard that much about this one. She doesn't stay in the uh, limelight a lot. Yeah, I like Laura. Funny. She she really stays uh, out of the let's, scene. Let's, but... let's get out. Anyways, I'm sorry. So over to Epcot. Epcot, other than you know, at a, at one time, waving the flag to American industry and Future World, which has kind of gone out the window with with Siemens and a couple other sponsors who are not uh, American companies. Well. Well, well, go on. Well, go on. I was going to say something. It's, about it's not a real big flag waving uh, thing. The big flag waving is well, I was going to say American... before. We, yeah, the American Adventure. I'm sorry, I took took your steam away. No, you didn't take my steam away. But, but that I'm... is the quintessential flag waving attraction pavilion. Uh, probably the, the one of the, the greatest. Coup, the coup d'état of I I I get to see any. I mean that that is it. That is. It. I was going to say, you're talking about Future World. I mean, Epcot was, as, the Future World part especially, was more of a original idea, kind of was like a World's Fair type deal, where, like the uh, 64 World's Fair, where you had a lot of the American industry, and I think it was originally supposed to be a lot of the American uh, industry. That I don't was know if I there. buy that argument, but it was supposed yeah. to be about American ingenuity and yeah. uh, the, corp the American corporation and blah, 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 blah. But you said it, American Adventure. American Adventure, not only the attraction, but the area, which is called American Adventure. I mean, yeah. And, you know, if, it, you know, the best description I have ever heard of that attraction comes from Mr. Greg here. And I got to say, what he said on it when we were watching it is that if you don't come out of that show with a little moisture coming out of your eye, you're not a real American. Uh, that that is just the most awesome show. Yeah, it's very you're, well you're put together. Red. Yeah, <laughs> my kids don't understand communism anymore. Yeah. There's 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 Cuba, and that's about yeah, but it. Cuba being communist isn't like the big red, you know, evil nation of not like the, the old Soviet, Soviet Union. Right. Yeah. It just wasn't the the same. I was trying to explain it to them, yeah. and they don't understand it. You know, and I sat through it recently with a Canadian friend of mine, and he even enjoyed it. I mean, I, I don't think you have to be American to appreciate the show, and I think you could almost take that same formula and do it for any of the other countries that are there and create a, create a very good show. I mean, just the, the whole transition from time periods to time periods, the, the use of that uh, video to animatronics. Audio animatronics, the scrims, the stage work, and, and the blending. It's yeah. it's so smooth on uh, both, like you said, the transitions between the different time periods, but also the transitions. One of the things I always think was one of the most awesome things is it starts off with a slide of the bayou, and we're talking about uh, one of the abolitionists going through the by, by, uh, the bayou with the uh, Underground Railroad. And the scenery on this slide pans a little bit to the right, and suddenly here comes this audio animatronic on a Actually, boat. Actually, I don't think that's a slide. I think that's a multi-plane camera shot. Regardless, it's still but I know what you're a saying. projection. The projection and moves. Then, and, and the projection and the audio animatronic move together across there, and they do a similar one uh, during the... Uh, uh, 1876 exhibition where yes. they, they're looking through the glass ceiling in Chicago and then as they tilt down suddenly right in unison come up these yeah. audio animatronic I, yeah, figures. I, I do think it's time though to upgrade the projection technology to 
digital video because the film is starting to show a jump sometimes it's not real steady well yeah but um, i mean that that just goes with the age of the yeah. film and, and you know that film after 20 years that film's been changed several times oh I'm, I'm, well look how many times america uh journeys would go down during the day for a film break and they'd have to splice it you know you and the film the film there was changed out faded, every three yeah, yeah. three to four months right. now granted I, I i occasionally will admit to nodding off in that because it isn't what about a 40 minute show and if it's been hot and you're tired from walking yeah. around epcot You're, it's very it, nice and air conditioned air conditioning it, it can be nice to to do that <coughs> not only that what do you got you got funnel cakes and hot dogs and apple pie and ice cream available the, the, there. I mean, the restaurant that's right outside i i don't really call it a restaurant but well it's you know, fast food you, restaurant. you get hot the, dog stand. you you get the greatest american food but you don't want to know pie. what's in it <laughs> do you know what goes in an American falls into a, a, I don't a hot dog know. press? I no? do not want to know. Uh, there are so many things I don't want to know about food, except that I can go to the supermarket and buy it. You don't want to go kill it and hunt it and kill no, it? No, I don't want okay. to. You're not a man-man, huh? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm a city slicker. <laughs> and you take your kids on these camp camp camping okay. in the city with uh, Boy Scouts and you can't go hunt down your food and kill it? I, I'm, I'm sorry, tangent. City slicker. We talked about it before. <laughs> What, what was it? What airport is uh, Billy Crystal supposed to be in? He's supposed to be in New York, I believe, and he's at LAX with John Bradley International Tom Terminal. Bradley, yeah. Which Tom Bradley, yeah. Tom Bradley, yeah. So, oops. Yeah, it happens. So, I guess, uh, Epcot, that's about all you can do for Epcot. And Well, know, I think that's enough, though. I think that that's... That, that's the big one. For me, that is the almost the ultimate flag-waving uh, show. And then you have the... I forgot what they call them. I'm going blank... That you have the statues on both sides, and they represent um, the spirit, the different spirits of America. America yeah, yeah. The spirit of ingenuity, the spirit of correct uh, pro of progress. The and then, and the yeah. Liberty Singers that they have in the foyer that have been going on for years, and they keep the same level of excellence year after year with every exchange of personnel. Uh, they're, and, they're awesome. Yeah, and the foyer itself. Um, the foyer itself is, I think, is incredible. If you go into the foyer at the American Adventure, you have all these uh, uh, paintings that are done displaying different periods of America and different things. And the paintings themselves just show different, show wonderful excerpts. There's one of space going from Robert Goddard to uh, the uh, space shuttle, and one that shows immigrants on Ellis Island and uh going past the statue of liberty and all these wonderful scenes the, the going through the uh, western uh migration uh the wagon trains and between them they have these quotes from different people and when i was there the first time when when we went there in uh what was it 86 yes uh your, i couldn't your first time my first time well, your first time too. You were to Epcot. To Epcot. You're yeah, because other than standing out, your the prior first gate, time was standing outside the front gate. Going, what was that? A week well, before the open. The, mon <laughs> the, the monorail uh, platform going. A, a week before the crap, open. I made really poor decisions here. You chose poorly. I chose poorly. <laughs> very very poorly. But uh, I couldn't help myself that I didn't want to. I, I felt kind of like a tourist, but I just went around and I took a bunch of pictures of these paintings and of these quotes. And you got to remember, back then you're using film cameras. You're, it's not like, you know, 36 shots on one roll. So you plan your shots. It's not like the digital age of today, where you can take hundreds and hundreds of shots and just throw out what you don't like. So, but it just, 
and one of the quotes that I remember, and I can't remember who said it, and I'm not going to give it uh, as much as it deserves. I'm not going to be able to paraphrase it as well as it, as he as eloquently as he said it. But it talks about uh, those of you that are born here in this country don't understand what it's like to come to this country and stand before a man in robes and in an instant move from a past with a hundred dead yesterdays and move into a future with a hundred unborn tomorrows. But I mean, it's just that whole immigrant experience of you're coming here to be an American. That was the whole thing that it was something, it meant something to be American. And something that's lost, I think, today in the whole equation with everything that's going on with illegal immigration and such. I, I hear more and more about people just wanting to be here to work. I don't hear about them, I want to be an American. That's that's really a small, almost an afterthought of the whole stories. You just don't hear that like you used to. And, and even a lot of, I mean, a lot of Americans, those that, especially those that are in government, it seems like, almost want to apologize. We're sorry that we're Americans. Yeah, we're sorry be, we were born here and we, we, and, we and were, we're lucky. we're part of this great, great land. And well, great. It's, it's like people don't... I've got, a, I've got a button on my desk that said, Hitler didn't succumb to pacifists. And yeah. I've been ridiculed a couple of times for having that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I'm not a warmonger, but I was in the service. I believe we have our freedoms because people... Uh, volunteer to serve. Now, some people were, you might say, impressed into service. Well, or, even if, uh, but even if you're drafted, that still means you're duty bound. That you felt duty bound. Well, to yeah, you could have you could have ran to a country that didn't have extradition for things like that. But um, people chose to serve and have answered the call when they were called up at times. And we have what we have because we wielded the big stick at times, and I'm, I can't apologize for that. We have made mistakes. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. But as bad as sometimes things can be here, I don't know of any other country I'd want to run off and live in. Maybe Canada. No, I wouldn't. Well, I, I, it's like northern Montana. I, it's not that I'm, bad. And, and, and I, don't mean that <laughs> any, I don't mean that in any offense. I love Canada. I love, uh, I, I love visiting Canada. It's a great place to go to. But do you, no, like, do you like back bacon, though? I've never tried that. Yes, I, yes you what, have. What is that? <laughs> I've never heard the term. Can, Canadian bacon. Oh, they call that, it back bacon. Oh, okay. I just... <laughs> I so, call it ham. <laughs> do, do you like chips? French fries, yes. <laughs> I do like those. Uh, but, you That's know, what I'm saying, I got right as, as bad as things are here, sometimes what we complain about government and, and everything, you know, there's... Few, few other places I would uproot to and go. I, I can't, I, I can't I, picture any place I'd rather be than... You know. Well, I can't, but if I had to, there are two or three places I might think of living. Can, I won't say Canuck. Canada? Canada, Australia. If I had to pick a third, um, maybe Scotland. Yeah. No, all granted, part, all three of those have a language I understand. Of, well, that, but, and they're all part of the British Commonwealth, too. Uh, yeah, uh, but I, I almost went to, you know, like a Sweden or a Denmark, but I, I doubt if I'd go that far. Um, so let's move on. I don't think any of the other Disney World parks really are have any real flag-waving things. Obviously, uh, Disney MGM Studio has some Americana in it, 
um, but not really in your face. Yeah, patriotic flag waving type. New of York. He has the New York. Well, the whole thing is based and, off of movie I mean, studios, California, movie studio, yeah. Hollywood, and all um, that. The uh, Disney exhibit the, the in the show the disney oh show the disney over, exhibit yeah it, that has a few flag waving moments yeah and parts to it yeah well because you know what was you know really I, I probably use quintessential more here in this show than i've ever used it in my life but he was the all-american american i mean he he believed in you know apple pie baseball but he also you know, grew up in that type of i mean he came from missouri and middle america you can't come up much more than the land of uh mark twain that, that is true. So let's move on back to California and talk about Disney's California Adventure. Well, before we go to California, well, let, yeah, let's go there. Okay, we're there. We're there. <laughs> I don't know that you'd really say there's much flag waving. Again, you're celebrating well, California's history and in that you could say it's flag waving, but there's no really patriotic shows it's, per se. Yeah, it, it's kind of flag waving, but it kind of uh, waves the bear flag, not not the stars and yeah, stripes. It's subtle, if if anything. But on that, we'll talk about because some of this is going to translate and be a segue. Disney was going to build probably the all-American flag waving park in Virginia called Disney's America. It wasn't built for a lot of reasons, um, you know, unpopular in the area because it's close to other historic sites. People thinking Disney's raping the the landscape, thinking that they're trivializing, trivializing history yeah. and making it too pop culture. Whatever their their issues were, and, a, and a park that was beautifully designed, yeah, and, went and, nowhere. And Disney went as far as as they actually purchased the land that they were going to put this in, and they were in the process of. Uh, getting the paperwork and the permits to start developing the land. But it, it was just sort of that grassroots of the folks in the in, in the uh, area that just thought it was trivializing it, and they didn't want an amusement park there. Well, you know, there's amusement parks all over the, the eastern seaboard, but the difference is, for instance, let's say, you know, part of their area was a colonial area, and we're looking at a picture here, um, it's, it's at a geocities.com slash Hollywood slash set slash blah, blah. Search Disney's America, you'll find it. It's somewhat like Liberty Square, though it looks like it's a little more rich. But then again, you know, artists lie all the time with their color palettes and their 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 point of views and all that. It's bigger than Liberty Square. It, it is bigger than Liberty Square. <laughs> you got more room. But, see, you're in Virginia. There's a lot of history there. You could... Uh, travel an hour or two up the road and go to Boston's North End and look a lot like what they're showing here. So when you live in history like that, um, and you can go to Concord and Connecticut, or Concord, <laughs> Lexington and Concord, you can go to Philadelphia. I think some of these people felt, how can you do that kind of history any better than seeing the real thing? Well, you know, you, you got a, like you said, you got a lot of history that is, uh, Virginia is just loaded. I mean, you have Thomas Jefferson, you have everything from uh, uh, Arlington to uh, Manassas. How many uh, battlefields are there from the Civil War, which I think 
like I think we've mentioned enough times already, that was such a, a point to America. But the revolution, uh, Virginia was the colony that proposed independence uh, back in 1776. Well, probably 1775-5 when they started the whole process. But the actual... Uh, early, yeah, okay, fine. The actual proposal. But uh, resolution, that's what I'm the actual resolution. And... But I think a lot of people in those areas just misunderstood what the whole plan was going to be because we take a look at these pictures here and well, they're they're, they're awesome. But then again, like I say, it's artists, not an amusement park. Artists, yeah, it is. Artists lie all the time in these. Uh, I mean, you you won't get some of these views. You won't get these palettes. You won't get these uh, this lighting. But it is beautiful. I mean, if they would have done spent the money like they did in Disney Seas or you know the. Oriental Land Company did at Disney Seas. They could have made a really decent park. But kind of the segue to this and with the DCA thing is, it's and been mentioned before in some other sites, and I, th ow, I think it's it's pretty evident here that a lot of the elements of Disney's America made it to DCA, and it's just changed it to a California theme California versus an theme. America theme. There's an image here, and Rich mentioned that, doesn't that look like the bridge going over to... Um, the Canary, Monterey, the Canary Row, Monterey, Canary Row, Monterey. Yeah, area, you've got the bridge, you've got you know the sides of some shops down the street. It's very similar, right down to where you got that that stairwell going up along the side, right up against the water area yeah, there too. Yeah. And you've got a river rapids that looks a lot like Grizzly, though this one was themed uh, to Native Americans, and the uh, the ride vehicle looks a lot more rustic, rustic. and yeah. Indian symbols and stuff. They got a roller coaster that looked kind of exciting through an industrial revolution. And then one of the biggest similarities uh, was a land named Victory Field, which looks a lot like... Condor uh, Flats. A lot like Condor Flats. Well, it's almost exactly like Condor Flats because Victory Field, it has, it's all World War II because you, you got that uh, B-17 sitting over there and you got the markings. And, of course, Condor Flats is... Uh, Kind of a takeoff of Muroc Field, which later became Edwards Air Force Base, Correct. which was all developed originally in World War II. It was, the, it was a first originally there as a training ground and then testing ground during World War II and immediately after World War II. Yeah, so, and then Disney's America had one other side story that I had forgotten about it or heard a little bit about, but didn't realize Disney's America was tied into it which was with Knott's Berry Farm. Now, for those of you who don't live in Southern California or know what Knott's Berry Farm is, you may have eaten the jams and jellies. I've seen them all over the country. Uh, it was really probably the first theme park in America, though Disney probably started charging a mission before uh, Walter Knott did for his. His grew out of, he had a, a boysenberry farm, then his wife started making chicken dinners and selling it to travelers along Beach Boulevard. And, then and Beach, Bo Beach Boulevard uh, is one of the major highways here. And when you were going from Los Angeles down to the southern beaches, which is now Huntington Beach and Newport Beach, Beach Boulevard would have been the road that you would have taken. It was a major route. So you had a lot of people that were uh, stopping in to have one of Mrs. Knott's chicken dinners. Yes, so, yeah, so people were lining up for hours and hours, so uh, Walter Knott actually purchased some uh, buildings from ghost towns, and he eventually had some kind of investment or connection with Calico uh, and out by Barstow. 
but he had all this this old ghost town, but you didn't, you weren't charged to go in it. And there were shops and, and things. So you, it, it was just a place that while you were waiting for your time to go into the restaurant, you could just sort of wander around and not just sit there and watch the cars right. drive by. And then it ex slowly expanded, and they added the Calico Mine Train and the uh, the Log Ride, and then they added a few more lands. But there was a point after Walter Knott died that the family didn't want to run it anymore because it was all family-owned up to, to this point. And Disney was considered as one of the purchasers and uh, eventually went to Cedar Fair, which is the crappy company that operates it now and is running it into the hole and also owns some other theme parks in the Midwest uh, and I think maybe one on the East Coast. In fact, funny enough, is where Disney got one of the current steam trains, the, uh, the newest one that's on the line over at Disneyland. Came from a Cedar uh, Fair. Um, the Mary. No, no, no. It's not that. It's not. That's not the name of it anymore. It's the uh, animator. Well, Ward Kimball. No, the Ward Kimball's different train. I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain because the, the Ward Kimball's not Disney's. That's the, that's owned by. No, no, no. You're wrong. Watch that video I just gave you because it explains all that. And there were two. And they, just just watch it. You know, it'll explain. Ward it to Kimball's you. not in the Roundhouse. Well, it may not be there right now, but that, that was the name of the newest one. Anyways. You watch, um, watch that video that I gave I'll, you. I'll watch, and, and then I'm going to go talk to the Roundhouse guys. You do that all you want. Anyways, here here's kind of the quickie story on the Knott's Berry Farm conversion. Uh, it, it's Now, this is coming from Wikipedia, so some of this may not be exactly accurate, but we'll go with it for now because it's fun for the story. Take it where it's coming yeah. from. The conversion of Knott's Berry Farm into Disney's America was drafted shortly after the Knott family announced they might take bids in the property. Uh, the idea for the conversion reportedly came from the exact replica of Independence Hall, which sits in the parking lot for Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, Walter Knott, like uh, Walt Disney, was a, a I almost said fanatic American, very patriotic American, and he recreated a very, very detailed, exact replica, I guess you could well, say. He uh, actually had people go to Philadelphia yes. and take measurements of everything right. at Independence uh, Hall. And the bricks are handmade. They actually have fingerprints and handprints in them, just like uh, um, the actual Independence Hall. So it's very, very detailed, and, and for the... Uh, movie 1776 they actually went to california and well uh, paramount paramount they re yeah well they researched well paramount's in california so they okay. came here the play came from new york some of the producers oh, and stuff okay. the producers in new york, broadway so okay, anyways they they came here to research the color schemes and because there's not a lot of records of what it actually looked like back then but walter had done all this research so they went with it and it's still not known if that's exactly the way it was but it's Pretty well accepted. It's pretty close, but not the point. And so, and if and just to give you more of an idea, you've probably seen Independence Hall at Knott's Berry Farm because if you've seen the movie National Treasure with Nicolas Cage, all the interiors of Independence Hall were shot at Independence Hall at Knott's Berry Farm. The exteriors were done in Philadelphia, but the interiors were all Independence Hall and Knott's Berry Farm. True. So the plan called for stretching out the park's entrance across the street over to Independence Hall. Now, to understand Knott's, the Knott's property is divided by uh, Beach Boulevard. The theme park's on one side, some parking and other entertainments on the other side, and Independence Hall and such. 
And now there's a water park. And, and on there's the a other water side. park there too. So the new entrance to the park would have been built to resemble Liberty Square, located in the Magic Kingdom, though the name of the entrance would have referred been referred to as President Square. And the major attraction of this area would have been the Hall of Presidents. Another section of the park would have included the Native American territories and was to pay tribute to the American Native people. Uh, the area would have included the area which now includes Mystery Lodge, Indian Trail, and the Bigfoot Rapids. Uh, and these are all fairly good attractions. The rap, you know, rapids are rapids. Uh, the Mystery Lodge is actually kind of a cool thing with uh, Indian shaman and, and legends and, and such about Indian uh, folk. And so then along with the Bigfoot Rapids, they would have changed it to uh, the Lewis and Clark River Expedition, which was a similar attraction proposed for the original park. But they say this idea was eventually scrapped because the Imagineers felt it was an inconsistent hybrid of thrills and education. And What's Epcot? Oh, well, that, well, California Adventures, thrills and education, yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> no, what's the term they use? Edutainment. Edutainment, yeah. I'm, I, that sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook. Um, but anyways. Again, other, Wikipedia. Wikipedia, so. yeah. Other proposed ideas would have been the conversion of the former Roaring Twenties section into Enterprise Territory. So that's good to know that they wanted to do the Starship Enterprise here. I don't think that's what oh. they meant. I okay. think they're talking about the Industrial Revolution. Okay. Reflection Lake, and the Roaring Twenties, by the way, was kind of a, uh aeronautically themed area based on the yeah, Roaring Twenties. They, they, they had a lot they of They had a big things. hangar. They had the old parachute drop. Oh, yeah, that was fun, that, the parachute drop. That was pretty cool. The Corkshire <laughs> yeah, roller coaster, yeah. 20-story 20 20 tall tower. That you got in this little cage that all it had was a wire mesh floor. So you can look between your toes at the ground 20 stories down below you. I probably said 20 feet. I meant 20 stories. This thing was tall. <laughs> 20 feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 20 stories. You're standing there on this wire mesh floor looking between your toes at the ground. And then suddenly they let it go. Now it's it's held by, it has wires and it's not quickly like Cable, it's dropped. Cables in four corners, I think. Yeah, it has, it has cables and everything, and it's not like it's just dropped because you're still attached to the lift device, but it was an unsettling feeling. Yeah. You you got a little air time. There was, you know, there you stood there. There was no harness of any yeah, type to hold you Yeah, you weren't sitting there. You weren't harnessed in. There's nothing that kept you from climbing out of this little basket that you sat very in. Cool. In fact, stood you know, in, stood when, in. When, when I worked there, we had these... Um, evil thoughts of taking up the CO2 canisters, those big ones you'd use in the, the restaurants, yeah. and drop it off oh, and see if it, it, if it broke the... the uh, Have you ever seen one of those things take off? <laughs> or I was hoping you'd not do it under pressure. Well, yeah, that was the whole thing. Oh. It'd be fun to try. Have you ever seen one of those things take off uh, under pressure? Yes. Not, they're, not, they're, they're nasty. They're dangerous. So anyways, <laughs> Reflection Lake would have been converted to Freedom Bay and would have showcased a recreation of Ellis Island Immigration Center. The old ghost town section of the park would have been left pretty much the way it was. Camp Snoopy and Fiesta Village would probably more than likely have been converted into different territories. The project was eventually canceled due to a number of reasons. One, according to this, was a lack of practical means of transporting the guests from the current Disneyland Resort over to Disney's America. And, of course, I'm thinking, have they ever heard of a thing called a monorail? But then yeah. the next sentence says what? It says, um, ruling out that the monorail system would be far too expensive. No. <sighs> also noting that the bus transportation would be a nightmare, absolutely, in our traffic. Wait a second. If it's too expensive, why do they keep building monorails over in Florida? They don't. 
Well, they built one to Epcot. Well, that's been 82. Thank you very much. Nothing right, since. They, weren't they talking about building no, one they, over they, towards Animal Kingdom? They've talked about I've even seen uh, models where it went out to the old shopping village, now downtown Disney. Uh, but the main factor was that the supposedly the Knott family rejected Disney's bid since they were afraid that the Imagineers would replace much of what their parents had originally put into the park. Ironically, Cedar Fair ended up taking out more than what the Imagineers had planned or called for. Cedar Fair has, has taken out a lot of that park. Um, you know, we talk about Walter going on a tangent of Knott's Berry Farm. Walter not being... Uh, like Walt Disney, very much American. There were a lot of things that were neat about uh, Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, it dealt a lot about with the local history. It had its own ghost town. Uh, there was the Gypsy Fair area that was kind of like a... What was it? Not Gypsy Fair. What was it called? It, it was like a box... It looked like a box canyon. Yeah, that yeah, you were it was Gypsy there. something. And gypsy. there was... A, up in the rocks and the, the kind of the hill, yeah. mountain, whatever. They had a magic shop. And, they and, had, they had the, the John Wayne the Theater. The John Wayne Theater. And, and in, if you go into the John Wayne Theater, it was it, they had a lot of uh, a lot of the costumes and the props that were used and a lot of the photos that of the different movies. Um, they had the Fiesta Village, which talked... Which, kind of I, a tribute I, to the, the Hispanic, the Hispanic influence of yeah. California. Um, they, had, then, they had the El Camino Real, which had a oh, yeah. recreation of... Every one of the the Spanish missions that were created by Father, Father Sarah, Sarah. Uh, in order, and they've taken all that out. They used to have an old El Camino Real is a part of California of uh, when Spain was still here. It went from San Diego up just north of San Francisco, and all these missions were built one day's walk away from each other, so that the priests could go from mission to mission to mission up and down the state. And they recreated models of every one of those missions there. Yeah, it was very cool. They had an old church that they actually had Sunday services in. You could get married in inside the park. Uh, that's been moved across the street, I believe. Because they had to put a roller coaster yeah, there. They basically, yeah, you know, screw theming. They've just thrown in uh, roller coasters wherever. Uh, not done very well. In fact, they took out, they had this... this um, yeah, the, yeah, there is the haunted no the haunted there. shack, which was like the, tr um, the not the tree house, the so. mystery spot in San Ho is it San Jose or Santa Maria? And there's another one up in uh, uh, I'm thinking Calico has one too. Oh yeah, Cal Mo most places will have it. It's, it's, the it's water, a shack the that tilts on its yeah, side. The water's running uphill. The, yeah. All blah blah blah. That was a great thing when they did their ha Halloween haunts. They do these big Halloween. Things where they've got month long Halloween parties. Well, yeah, well, when I worked there, there were two weeks. Two weeks. Now they're like the month. entire month of October. You know, they scare you, they do mazes, and the one in the Haunted Shack used to be really cool. But they've got rid of that for, okay, you've paid your 50 bucks to get in. Well, it's not even that much. Not Price seems to keep going down instead of going up, but that's another discussion if you want to go into knots. But they took out this Haunted Shack and they put in an attraction that you have to pay additional money for once you're inside the park. What is that? Oh, it's like shoot you up or something. Some dumb that I want. I wouldn't go on it. I don't think with my back. But even if I if I did, I see. I've just paid to get in the park. I want to pay now another five or ten dollars to go on this. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's not like you bought the like the old day at Disneyland a two dollar ticket or whatever and paid fifty cents for a ride here and thirty cents there. I mean, it was in my mind serious money and it makes no sense at all. Um, 
You know, I want to go back just for a few minutes, though. We, we You kind of brushed on it a little bit, because I, I, I still look at it. Going back to Disneyland, New Orleans, and the rivers of America, I still kind of look at that as a, as a big... It's, it's not a in-your-face flag-waving, but it was really a big tribute there. You had One of the things was you had the fort that used to be on the island. You had uh, General uh, Jackson... Um, from the War of 1812, the hero of the Battle of New Orleans. He had that stuff. He had Davy Crockett. The flag that flew over the Fort Wilderness there was the 15 Stars and 15 Stripes that uh, was the same type of flag that Francis Scott Key saw when he wrote the poem, The Star-Spangled Banner. Um, the Columbia sailing ship on the river uh, is a replica of the first, like you said, the first one to go around and circumnavigate the globe with the stars and stripes. It was the ship that uh, Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson asked them to explore the western coast of the North American continent and as for the Northwest Passage that Lewis and Clark later went looking for. And as they came up, they came along a, a huge river that bears the name of the ship, the Columbia River, the first space shuttle named it. There's just a lot of little Oh, Incidental right, the first things. space shuttle was the Enterprise. Okay, the first space shuttle to go into space. Okay, okay, the first one that had an in, that had a working engine on. Okay, okay, um, I sit corrected here, but you know, and then uh, New Orleans Square with a lot of the little uh, history with the jazz that they still do jazz in there. There's just a lot of those little things that. Maybe aren't so flag waving, but there's still a big, huge celebration of what America's all well, about. Well, sure, they they do pay tribute to and American ingenuity and pioneering, and you know, perseverance and all that good stuff. But and even Walt's dedication speech on the opening day of Disneyland to all who come to this place. Disneyland is dedicated this happy to place. this happy place. Disneyland is de dedicated to the ideals and the dreams that have made America great. Uh, it was always very American. Yes, I'm just, you know, we kind of started this off because of the 4th of July and thinking of the the true, you know, red, white, and blue, Yeah, but you know, tear, sometimes tear-jerking, in-your-face, patriotic shows. And though, yes, it does kind of lean that way to the spirit of it, it's not that kind of a show. Yeah, but I I think that's part of it is that no I, I totally we, we, buy your no, analogy. No, 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 I'm I'm just saying is you know we talk about Fourth of July and we always try to oh we're in our big Americana spirit, but we were even mentioning that even a lot of the people that are born here we just we almost want to apologize. It's kind of a screw nice, that I'm not apologizing. Well, no, I'm saying you know some of your politicians are apologizing, but it's just kind of nice to be able to go in there every day. Fourth of July is every sure. day there. Okay. Now, now that you mentioned Fourth of July, we guy in the forum the other day, hey, I was thinking about going to the, you know, Disneyland the Fourth of July, and I emailed back or on the forum, don't go. It's the busiest day of the year. The record was set on the Fourth of July. In 1987. It's not a place you want to be. Uh, and now you and I slightly disagree, I think, on the date and how many people, but... Anyways, well, not on the it's, date. It's, I know exactly the date. It's close because I thought. See, I got there in '88. I thought it happened in '89 because I'd worked it. But regardless, the point is, it was almost 90,000 people in the park. 86,000 people in the park that day. Well, 86,000 people through the turnstile. Through the turnstile. In the park at any given time, 60 to 65, maybe. Right. Right. 
Um, so you heard it here. If somebody still works there, don't get close to Disneyland on the 4th of July. Avoid it. And I think Walt Disney World's, or the, I should say the Magic Kingdom's record, is also on a 4th of July, I think. And I thought it was around 101, but I we might was, get corrected. That was Christmas. Uh, might but be, again, yeah. we could be corrected. But Disneyland, where we're at, which we both know only too terribly well at times. Yeah, uh, technically, you know... Technically, the busiest day at Disneyland is always considered Christmas Day, but the record was set on the 4th of July. And Go figure. Yeah. So, anyways, I got to say, I think for the most part, we've covered everything that I can think of. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. I'm sure there's been other shows, other parades at times that we're, we're possibly missing, but those are the things that really stand out uh, to me. Right now is you know the big flag waving, the shows, the American shows. Yeah, if I had to rate them, I would put American Adventure on top, as the absolute uh, and American flag waving patriotic show. For anyone that goes to Walt Disney World, that is a show you have got to go see. It's, I mean, even if you don't care about it being American, it's an incredible show to watch, just the way it all goes together. Yeah, and if I was to put a number two on the list, I would probably go to Hall of Presidents next as the big flag waving. Oh, me American Journeys, but I want my part put back in the movie. Yeah, I, you know, American Journeys <laughs> would probably be my third, and American Sings my fourth. Um, of course, we can't see American Sings or American Journeys anymore. So, as far That's as what American Journeys isn't even in the Magic Kingdom anymore, and, is it? I'm not sure if it ever was because they had that. The, remember, the original Circle Vision they had was the Magic Carpet Around the World. I think I looked that up once because there I was a question of, for a short while. of what was there and what wasn't. Um, we we could take a quick look now. Some a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I'm not going to read any email today. We'll get some email next time. We did get some, let's say, interesting responses to our movie review show that we very rarely do which i'm sorry i missed i yeah it might have been interesting to hear what you had to say uh, on the movie i mean we, we're not a movie critic show but someone asked us if we would uh, chime in and and it should be known it was just animated movies right it wasn't any of the live action so it was strictly animation. Co correct um yes so we we talked about some of that and um you know, it, it, we got mixed reviews on the whole thing, and that's okay. I, I, it, it doesn't bother me because we don't claim to be that kind of a show, and um, there are people who do it better than... Uh, that would have been good there. It would go between the one you just had there, Chronology. Yeah, but I was trying to find one that was specifically on the... We're, we're talking as we're, we're... Yeah, but anyways. Stop. I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah, you, you you just blew the whole flow here, but that's okay. No, I didn't blow the flow. You just well, lost your yeah, train yeah. of thought. 1974, right? the magic carpet around the world premieres at Circle Vision 360. Yeah, but American Journeys came out. Uh, and... America the Beautiful closes at Walt Disney World. Okay. okay, so America the Beautiful was there. Yeah. So American Journeys came out in 84. I want to say 84. Yeah, so take a look yeah, at 84 see, I, and the My first trip was in 75, so that's why I saw Magic Carpet Around the World. Mm -hmm. didn't realize uh, the American, uh, the other one had been there. So we're going to go to 
around 80 what you said it was 83 84 i think it came out in oh we would need to jump to that to one that in. one there uh, so please keep sending us emails to you know greg or mike at micecast.com according to richard uh, he doesn't have an email yet because mike hasn't set it up well so. it might be there i just don't have access to it uh, so he probably hasn't, uh, the Circle Vision film America the Beautiful closes, American Journey American opens, Journey's okay, open. well now it says it's back to America the Beautiful, so somewhere, it popped in there again, the world one left, yeah. and that one came back, so yeah, they did have American so, Journey, so September 1984, American Journeys was showing there, and I have to say, I actually liked, um, Timekeeper, I enjoyed that show, I really wanted to see that, yeah, they were going to put it in the Circle Vision Theater here in Disney. Yeah, I know. There's and a lot of things we were supposed to get, like <laughs> where the audio animatronic figure end up. In Inventions. Inventions. Yeah. Well, we were supp supposed to get um, the extraterrestrial uh, encounter. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm losing now. This what used to be Mission to Mars. Yeah, what is now Stitch. Stitch. Oh my God. It's almost as bad as a pile of poo. I mean, I like the whole concept of the whole thing, but... Um, Which, for Disneyland, is now Red Rocket's Pizza Port. It's a yeah, pizza uh, restaurant. That sucks. So keep those emails coming. We'll read some more next week. Um, let us know if you like the show, What you'd like to, you like? Know, if you'd like to see any change in the show, the topics of discussion. We'll, we're going to try to get back in the park for a, a live show in the park again. That's, that's always a favorite with people to hear everything going on around us. Uh, though it seems like we always get back to record at the same place, which is uh, El Zocolo. I don't know why, but we tend to... It's a nice little spot off to the side. It's not too busy. Yeah, it, it, it is pretty nice. We end up getting over there. So and they got good food. Yeah. yeah I, I, I never tried it when it had actually four different types of food over there. It was just all... I've always enjoyed the food there. I, I still like it, but I guess I it used to have the barbecue the section. Yeah. used to have the, the different sections. Now it's just even, all the same. I enjoyed it when it was Casa de Fritos. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I missed the old Casa there, de Fritos. There, there's, there's a time... There. Well, go back. Where was the original Cassidy Frios? I don't remember. No, I'm not going to get into that now. Okay, well, th happy 4th of July. God bless America and all that good stuff. Um, we'll see you on the next show. Good night. American girls and American guys We'll always stand up and salute We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying there's a lot of men dead So we can sleep in peace at night When we lay down our heads My daddy served in the army We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me To grow up and live happy In the land of the free Now this nation that I Falling under attack A mighty sucker punch Came flying in from somewhere in the back Soon as we could see clearly Through our big black eye Man, we lit up your world Like the 4th of July Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name At the top of his list And the Statue of Liberty Started shaking her fist And the eagle will fly Gonna be here when you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell, and it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you. 
see a courtesy of the red, white, and blue. This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage And you'll be sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A Cause we'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist And the eagle will fly Of the red, white, and blue